straight, no chaser. of Straight No Chase of the Podcast. Um, before we even get started, please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. You know, we talk about a lot of different things here. It's four guys have known each other for a long time. We talk about a lot of different things. You might enjoy it. So like us, subscribe, share. You see all the little links down on the bottom of the screen. Do that. Uh, there, my name is John. No, I'm just kind of the uh, MC there here. No there are no links at the bottom of the screen. No links at the There's bottom. no links at the bottom of the screen, but you know how to subscribe to stuff, internet. So where, do that. Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, yes. Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, um, Anchor. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Wherever you YouTube. consume your internet media, we there. YouTube. 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 All of that. Everywhere, everywhere you want to be, we're there. So all that to say, like, subscribe, share, and everything else. Anyway, uh, I'm John, broadcasting live from Silver Spring once again, and just going to shoot it over to my three other co-hosts here. Go ahead, Rasheen, introduce yourself to the people. My name is Ra, from Wyo, Yonkers, home of the brave, in Southeast D.C. right now. And I'm drinking a little Uncle Nearest. Little Uncle Nearest. This is the uh, premium. You've whiskey. been drinking Uncle Nearest each time now, so we we get we got a pattern. Every time. Ox, say hello to the people. We know what it is. What's going on, people? Ox, Jamaican, New York's in my heart. Living in VA, teaching DC for twenty years. Salute to all educators, and uh, here, man, back with my brothers. Go ahead, KG. All right, Caltrip, KG. Cheers. I'm in Texas. I have to keep it real. I'll be taking all damn day with this, man. I'll be talking for kids here doing an introduction. It's love, baby. It's love. It's foreplay. You got to do it easy, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe not foreplay. But we got to introduce ourselves because we might have new listeners, people that have know, never seen us before. They should go back and look at the other episodes and get all the other stuff, man. We got, we got something to talk about. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Speaking of, okay, so this is going to be a little bit different in tone from our other shows where we want to kind of get into this week is this whole police brutality thing, white supremacy thing that's been going on. Um, just in a nutshell, there's been very um, high profile uh, murders of black people uh, that's been committed by white people, period, point blank. And we really need to kind of discuss this because, you know, there's actually people that are rioting, there's actually people that are out setting stuff on fire because everybody's so frustrated and upset with how things seem to keep on happening. Uh, to be frank, people are pissed off and infuriated. They're hurting. It's everything. Everything. And I mean, this isn't a new thing. Obviously, you know, we've all been cool for 20 years. The thing that first really kicked this off for me, and y'all probably remember this was Prince Jones back in mm -hmm. 96, 97, something like that. 
Prince Jones was a young man that would have been our age and did a lot of the same things that we did and was ultimately killed by the police and all that other good stuff. But that has been happening literally for centuries. So what we want to talk about is what do we do? You know what I'm saying? Why does this keep happening? How can we address this situation as individuals? How we feel about it? You know, just get all into it. So Before you do that, man, I think you got to you, – you, we would be remiss to not talk about the Amy Coopers of the world, too. So her situation came out first prior to George Floyd's situation. And for those that don't know, I don't know if you want to get a scoop, because my scoop is going to be probably a little bit more brief. So, John, you want to tell them about Amy Cooper? No, go for it. All right. So Amy Cooper, white female executive uh, with an unleashed dog that she decided to almost kill was told to leash her dog in the area of the park in New York City uh, where leashes are required. Um, for what I understand, the leashes are required because the dogs will mess with the birds. And this this black guy, I forget his name, but it's like he was Cooper too of no relation, was out bird watching and saw this unleashed dog and said, you know, hey man, do you mind a woman or whatever he said to, you know, put your leash on your dog. She got pissed, upset, and threatened to call the police and made it a point to say that, what's up, Jill? Made it a point to say, this, I'm gonna call the police and say an African-American male is threatening me. Mm-hmm. So she gets on the phone, he said, call whoever you want. You know, he handled it, I thought he handled it kind of brilliantly because he didn't get indignant, he didn't get, you know, he didn't start using any profanity. He just was like, you know, do what you want to do, but I'm recording this. So she's, while she's saying all these, making all these accusations and threats of what she's going to do when she begins to get on the phone with the police. The dog is choking, it's trying to hit her to get away from her and whatnot. And um, she even raised her voice and put it in a more distressed way, distressed mm-hmm. tone to intimate that she is in, in this in this trouble. Um, in my opinion, I think to elicit a more immediate and threatening response from the police, I think in that moment she knew exactly what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was calculated and come to find out, you know, this woman is an executive vice president now. You know, she was ultimately fired from her job, but that that phone call could have led to a George Floyd incident, another one, um, because this white woman, in, i.e. Emmett Till, um, made an accusation. I was reading up on even the Tulsa riots. Um, mm-hmm. That started from a very similar interaction. Right. A black man, a black young man, white young woman. Um, she said there was an interaction, he denied it, and then it all hell broke loose um, on Black Wall Street. So, you know, this has been going on for centuries, man, to, uh, to Ross Point. It's some BS, some bullshit. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hurt, man. I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm fed up. I'm tired. Right. Um, I'm all that stuff, man. I mean, I guess what we need to, uh, what we can start out with is why. You know what I'm saying? Why does this seem to consistently keep on happening where there is a white person that feels threatened or scared or, you know, whatever, and goes to the the highest extent in their response to us? Like, what is it about black people, specifically black men? Although we also want to say Breonna Taylor, unfortunately, was kind of wrapped up in something and she was a woman that got killed. We will talk about her later, but police brutality impacts everybody. But kind of why does this keep on happening? It's not just police brutality though. Like Amy wasn't a police officer. 
the people in Georgia, they weren't police officers, former, but they weren't police officers. Yeah. Uh, Zimmerman, is what a, he wasn't a police officer. For me, I, I think it's like, um, when Amy did her thing, when Amy Cooper, like, and I always, I always make it a point to use her name. I'm not calling her Karen. I'm not calling her Becky. Her name is Amy Cooper. And everyone needs to know Amy Cooper did this BS. But when mm-hmm. she said, I'm going to call and say a black man is threatening me, what she said was also, I'm going to make sure I'm going to let them know he's threatening my life. Mm-hmm. Because when, when my life is in danger, then that gives law enforcement and even citizens um, the right to use lethal force to protect that life. So if you threaten in my life, I'm calling the cops, they could potentially come in here and shoot you. Now, whether she knew that consciously, I can't speak to it. She did. But I believe she did. You know what I'm saying? I believe she knew what the what the what the 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 the, the negative consequences the ramifications of her call saying that now why do why do white folk do that? Uh, from my own personal experience, I remember a long, long time ago, I was... Um, Why are they so scared of y'all, man? I don't, I don't understand. But, they love me. But, but, Why are they scared of you? But listen, long, long time they ago, love I, was you. Doing, I was doing a, a, a prejudice reduction workshop in undergrad. I was I was one of the, the participants. We had all these people all over campus. And this is when I was at a um, white school upstate New York. And the chief of police, um, his deputy big white dude, ball head. This is when I was an undergrad, so I was like maybe 150 pounds. Um, in the what you had not? Huh? What I'm, you had not? I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 222 pounds. I'm trying to get that down. Just ask him. Just ask him. Put him I was talking to Neil earlier. I got this pudge I need to get rid of, but I'm, I'm 222 pounds now. Um, but he was talking about how, because now we're in the comfort of a prejudice reduction workshop, so you sh- no, you know, um, no judgment, speak your mind. He was talking about how since I was a black man who was able to address him in 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 a confident way, that intimidated him. Older white man, brawly dude, ball head, billy club, gun on his side, badge. Mm. And he was like, because I'm in this workshop, I could say that there are images of black men out there that are intimidating to us and mm-hmm. we can't even put the finger on as to why. And he's like, I can say it now and I'm ashamed of myself because if we were outside of this experience and I faced that intimidation, I may have addressed it differently. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. It's an I don't necessarily, obviously I don't agree with it. I think it's, that's an inferiority complex in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, any anybody who because you can speak to them as a man. What are you talking about? Is you know, in my opinion, what that means is he saw he sees people of color as less than men, and because you spoke to him as a man, it intimidated him. Like, who are you to speak to me as a grown man? And that's what Amy was thinking. Who was this nigga to talk to me and tell me I need to leash my dog? Exactly. I that's agree. what she was thinking. And I'm going to show you your power, you don't get to tell me what to do. I'm going to, you know, stick my dogs on you, not my actual dog, but my protector dogs, the police. But yeah. I still don't quite understand why there is this fear of black people. You know what I'm saying? We kill each other a whole lot, but we don't really kill a bunch of white people like that. You know what I mean? And I think that it is based on 
something that's kind of irrational. And I think that, you know, we all a little bit crazy, especially in 2020 uh, with all this COVID quarantine I'll, and whatnot. Now don't, 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 don't get them the credit of 2020 and don't give them COVID either. This is, that's, that's a, that's a cop out. This has literally been going on since we've been here. I saw, I saw, uh, something, man, our social media has, can be very toxic, just, you know, you can, you can really only listen to one side of things and really, you know, skew your mentality in a lot of ways. But I saw a post I thought was very, very powerful. It said, you shot Malcolm X, you shot Martin Luther King, two, you know, very different approaches to the, the issue that we face. You shoot people who sag their pants, you shoot people that are in suits. Again, two totally different representations, depictions of what we are as a, as a culture. Um, you 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 walk peacefully, they still beat your ass. You riot, they gonna still beat your ass. So it's like, what what is left for you to do? What's left for us to do, where you get a result? Because mm -hmm. it almost is kind of like you are literally between the proverbial rock and the hard place. You then if you do, you then if you don't. So I can say this in all sincerity. While I don't condone violence, I'm not mad at everything that's kind of happening from a demonstration standpoint. People are fed up. People need to see and feel the pain because, um, you know, America has done this in general. Like I saw something that was kind of funny, but it was true. Like y'all revolted because y'all didn't want to pay taxes on tea. You know what I'm saying? And then... Another post that was very, very powerful to me was, you know, when we went into Afghanistan, what did we steal from them? What did they steal from our continent in Africa? Um, a, a home, a homeland, you know, they've stolen, you know, America has stolen everywhere they've had a war. They've obtained resources. Right. Nobody's saying that's un-American. To offset the cost of whatever it took to stage that whole situation whatever you're talking about but before before we go even too deep down that road i want to address something that you brought up john about the fear and it could you know maybe they see real. killing each other and maybe that has something to do with it and and you know like i can't let that ride because like people kill where they are you know what i'm saying they got statistics on it like mm -hmm. black on black and they'll be quick to be like well you know you know black, on black crime you know why don't y'all say something about that that's stupid that's a non-issue people we kill do. People kill where they are. No one says white on white crime. White folk are killing white folk in white communities, but no one labels it. The idea of labeling it black on black crime to lift it up and above something else is to create this image of a monster. That's why they have they have spent their entire existence with us trying to create an image, not that we were just less than, but that we were scary, that we are a monster. Mm -hmm. They create like when, when I look at when I look at how they treat even little black boys in schools, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. They make those little black boys like the pit bulls of the classroom. You know what I'm saying? And if you ever had a pit bull, you know pit bulls are cuddly, loyal. I got three of them. Love you to death. But the media image is that a pit bull rip your neck out for no damn reason whatsoever. So now everyone is scared of pit bulls. And that's what they do with black people. Like, this is something that's, that's media driven. It's something that's uh, uh, popular culture driven. And it's, it's, um, it's brainwashing. That's what it is. The, uh, so when you ask, like, why are they scared of us? Right. 
there has been a record that has played over and over and over and over and over in people's heads. Mm -hmm. Be fearful of black people. For generations? While, while black people in mass have never done nothing to their community. In mass. Mm -hmm. When you think mm -hmm. about the duration of time. We, we are not running into white communities ripping stuff up, tearing stuff down, raping their women. We're not stealing their land. We're not giving yeah. them smallpox. We're not, we're, we're, we're not enslaving them and putting them in holes or ships. We're not doing any of that. We've never done not that. Not giving them syphilis and not telling them that they got it. Not giving them syphilis. You know what I'm saying? But, but they also could speak to this guilt complex. That's, a, that's what I think it is. I think that we've got generation after generation after generation of white people that would be like, if I was them, black people, I would be going crazy. So sooner or later, they're going to snap. And I've got to keep my foot on their neck to make sure that they don't, because I'm afraid that when they snap, who knows what's going to happen? I'm afraid for my children. I'm afraid for me. I'm afraid for my woman. So I'm going to do whatever I got to do subconsciously to ensure that, you know, we keep this potential threat, you know, wrapped up and locked down. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I line up with that per se. I think that ultimately, not ultimately, but one of the things I would I would really want to remind us: uh, this ain't everybody. This ain't all people, but Absolutely. this is definitely a, a, a portion of the population. The people who we know are straight up racist, and then you have the people. I think Amy grew up in Chicago, not the Chicago like this great democratic area. Is democratic and, and is democratic on paper, but Chicago right. probably has one of the most racist backgrounds you could ever think of. Very if you really want to look at it, Fred Hampton got killed by the police in, in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, she—I'm not shocked to hear that. Like, you wouldn't be shocked to hear that that somebody came out of L.A. That's like that, the LAPD. Like, you, you know about these different situations. So we, I think, white folks, those white folks that behave in that way they do it as a way of protecting what they hold sacred. And that's power, in my opinion. Nobody wants to relinquish power. And you know, nobody relinquishes mm -hmm. power willingly. Typically, it's a struggle. Um, and if you look in history, especially in this country, any, any and everything that they have yielded was a struggle. To be able to vote mm -hmm. was a struggle. Um, to even get, you know, wage rights. I mean, you know, whether whether you're you're black, you're gay, you're a woman, like any anything that yielded power from white men was a struggle to obtain. So this is no different. We as black men have experienced this, as black people that have experienced this far greater than any other, you know, you know, race in the country in the world. Um, but we just, you know, we're we're still trying to tug away to just get equal power or just get even get a sample of the power. And, you know, what, what Amy yielded was, I know I got this power. You don't, I don't give a damn what you are, what you look like. I got the power. And right. quite frankly, there are other men, other women, other black people who have experienced people like Amy, where there's no video, and things really went sideways. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the police report, which is on record, is what people will go off as a narrative. 100%. You know, it's some, it's some BS out there, man. So how do we address this? you know, both personally and as a community. Okay, we've already established it's been going on for centuries, forever and ever and ever. We're all sick of it, we're all tired of it. KG said, you know, we are kind of stuck 
between a rock and a hard place. Where do we go? What can we actually do to ensure that hopefully this George Floyd situation is the last one where somebody is killed unfairly, uh, uh, unnecessarily? What can we do like solutions to the problem? What are the solutions? I'm, I'm going to put it out there first because this is probably going to be something that people are going to disagree with. But, um, Let's get it. But this is what I think. Don't care. I don't think we can do anything. You lost me. I don't think we can do anything. I don't think racism is a problem that we can solve. Just like they, they talk about um, in, in um, rape culture, you know, there are organizations and programs out there that they, they title them, uh, Men Can Stop Rape. You know why? Because women aren't raping women when they talk about, I mean, there are women who rape women. But when you're talking about male on female rape, it's the men who've got to stand up and be like, yo, you shouldn't be raping. Like, no, I'm not going to rape. Like, it's not, you can wear what you want. That doesn't mean you wanted it. You know what I'm saying? You could dress how you want. You could talk how you want. You could flirt all day long. The moment you say no, it's my responsibility to stop and be like, good night. I'm going to sleep. Bingo. And it's the same thing with racism. Mm. Like, white folk need to be responsible for their community. Like, racism is a virus that's within their community. Like, that isn't anything we can... We can't make white people stop being racist. There's nothing we can do. We can put black people in positions. We can we can laud black folk who've done the best of the best. And, and, and we can have a black president. Like, we could show, like, listen, there's no reason for y'all to be afraid of us or you to be racist because we're all... We can say that and show that what we've been trying to do since we've been here, but we're not the ones that can stop it. I don't think we can. Now, we can react to it. We can We can protest. We can, we can, when we're fed up, we can show a demonstration of how fed up we are, like what they're doing tonight. But what can we do to change it? I don't think, I agree with Ra on the statement. Like you can't, you can't change it, man, unless you start off young. Cause I saw the most beautiful thing today. I was driving to pick up some groceries and they had some kids in the park. It was like four white kids, five black kids, and one Spanish kid, like about six, seven, all playing together. And that was perfect for me. And that proved to me that Racism is taught, you know what I'm saying? So if our, well, not our, if the grandparents and the great-grandparents and the parents don't let kids know that, hey, we can be we can be all equal or we can all get along, it ain't never gonna stop. If you got people thinking, oh, you beneath me, we better than you, and you perpetuate that into an adulthood, it ain't never gonna stop. Yeah, but it's more, yeah. it's more than that, though. It's more than yeah. just what your parents and your grandparents teach you because what happens is you know, human beings are egotistical. That's just how we are. That's how we built. So if you're white and you grow up in a society that, that, um, that glorifies your existence and your culture, like everywhere you look, you see whiteness. Everywhere you look in your, in, on the television, on the movie screen, um, in the magazines, on your dollar bill, everywhere you look, you see white people, your egotism gets tapped. And you just start to innately believe without someone ever, no one has to tell you you're better than somebody. You see a society that supports the idea that everything revolves around you. But if your mentors, if your mentors and your guardians and your teachers from the young age, let's say from six to when you start school up until you're in their college era, makes it feel like, yo, you know, we're all equal. Nobody's better than another. Yes, you could gauge your own perspective, but that kind of aids and helps with it as opposed to your parents are saying, nah, niggas is beneath you. Spanish people, fuck them. We better, you know what I'm saying? If it's ingrained from, an, from, from six until 21, it makes a difference. 
So suppose I think I think I think you I think you're really generalizing, overly generalizing, in my opinion. You can play together as kids. I mean, even in even in small children, there's a superiority. Uh, like little kids know who's the best runner. They know who's the the you know who's the fastest kid. They know who's the one they think looks the prettiest or the, the most handsome or the that dresses the best. Like they know all of that stuff. That the racism is to Ross' point. It, it's you can't avoid it. You, you, can't, you can't avoid it. Yo, wait. You said you can't avoid. I couldn't hear you. You said you can't avoid. You cannot yeah. avoid racism, man. So you're trying to tell me if you in first and second grade and you got a best friend that's white, black, or whatever, we get along, and I like you, and if my parents didn't have any input into telling me not to hang or fuck with you, I couldn't avoid it? I couldn't say, yo, I like I'm not you. Saying that. I'm not saying that, Neil. I'm just saying, inevitably, anybody growing up in this country will learn what racism is. Globally. Anybody growing up in this country who was black will understand what it's like to be black. Anybody oh, okay. growing up in this country who is white will understand what it's like to be white. Anybody that's Hispanic growing up in this country will understand what it's like to be Hispanic. If you're Asian, you can learn what it's like to be Asian in this country. It does not matter because in America, we don't really talk about, you know, like Americans. Right. Like, I don't look at you and you look at me like, you know, that's, a, that's an American over there. It's like, that's a black dude. That's a white dude. You know, like it's everybody got a lane. And in America, it's very, very noticeable. You better stay in your lane or else. You can try to cross over a little bit. It can bleed over a little bit. It confuses people. If you overstep your boundaries, best know that we're going to learn you real quick. You need to get the fuck back in your lane. I mean, I don't think that racism to me is human nature. Everybody is racist. Racist in that you know that this is your thing or whatever, and that's their thing over there, and there's always the other person. And I'm not saying get rid of racism. I'm saying how can we do something legally, politically, whatever it might take, so that these police uh, misconduct brutality cases continuously seeming to happen don't happen no more. To touch on what y'all was talking about, I got you that too. There's plenty of statistics that state in elementary school as young children, people, human beings grow up and they don't they don't see color. Most of them, most of them, not everybody, but most children I'm talking about. But when you hit middle school, you kind of start adhering to your little group. You got your little black crew, and you got your little white crew and everything else. And then definitely by high school, it's very segregated, period. And they self-segregate. That's just simply how it is. Go ahead, Rock. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm just the statistics. KG is the Wikipedia dude. I'm statistics dude. A couple things I'm thinking about. Um, one, I don't think there's anything we can do because racism for me is systemic. And we are not changing the system. It's not happening because there are people who are benefiting from the system. It's entrenched. It is. I don't think we're going to throw the system out. We got to. Now, there is. Start happening. There, there is opportunities for individuals to not be racist. Like, like I, I, I attribute, and this might sound funny. I attribute me being the black man that I am today to a white man, actually. I, I had a big brother, white boy, too. Who, rate, who who pretty much stepped in and was my my, my, my older male uh, figure, can't be like father figure, because he, you know, he was like 16 when we first met, and I was seven, so I wasn't father, but he was big brother. 
and he had been in my life all the way, just he, he's still in my life. And he, and he taught me certain things to make me the man that I am today. Not a racist bone in his body, not in his family's body. Wherever we went, that's my little brother. It's simple as that. So individually, yeah, we, we there are white folk who are not racist. But there is a system in place that has to be dismantled. Whether we can dismantle it or not is a different question. And that's why I keep going okay. to... That, that I, was just, I, I said I had two points. That was one point. Right. So I think the system has to be dismantled by the people who created it and who benefit mm-hmm. from it. Anyone uh-huh. who's locked out of the system can't get on the inside to make the changes we need to see. All we can do is draw attention to it, but that change has to come from the inside. That's my mm-hmm. point one. Point two, to nail this whole idea that kids, and even yo, you, John, that kids aren't... Y- y'all ever heard of Kenneth Clark? Mm-hmm. Kenneth Clark, oh. who did... Who who did the the baby doll uh, experiment with with, with with black kids and and, and had white yeah. baby dolls and black baby dolls and the black kids only wanted to play with the white dolls and when it was asked why they only wanted to play that with the a white very dolls old experiment no no but but, but, it, but it speaks to it speaks to a child's mindset no one said to them you're less than no one said to them you're ugly. No one mm-hmm. said to them, you're beneath me. They're kids. Mm-hmm. They haven't reached that point yet where people are going to beat them over the head with that. So but they learned, so but, no, no, one second, I'm not done. But they yeah. learned enough in society, through society, through their living, to look at a black baby doll and be like, I don't want it because that's ugly, that's dark, that's dirty. Everything that people think about black folk, right. they had internalized because of a system that helped put it there. So that's and it was I'm black saying. children that didn't want to play with the black doll, right? Yeah. Were they racist? What I'm saying. How can a black person be racist? I'm saying. I'm well, saying. That's what I'm saying. Here, no, let me. Let me just. Can I answer that this. question? Go I'm not forth. saying that they were racist. I'm saying that they too were affected by a racist system, even as. Mm-hmm. But had they ever seen a black doll prior to that too? And this was that was like in the fifties or something. You like get, I'm I mean, saying. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm coming from the perspective of if you're a child and all you see in toy stores or whatever is white dolls and out the blue for an experiment. Mm-hmm. Let me show you this black doll. I Listen, never man, seen that shit. Not why why y'all even getting? Why are you getting wrapped up in the in the specifics of the trial? Because it the makes message. a difference, though. It's nope. based on what you're exposed to, though. But Neil, the point is, they're they're thinking about the black doll. They could look mm-hmm. at a black doll and be like, "I've never seen it before. I don't want to play with it." Okay, cool. But if you're saying, "I don't want to play with it because it's dirty," thank you. It's mm-hmm. ugly. That has nothing to do with whether or not you saw it before. Mm-hmm. That means if I see a black person, do I now think that that black person is dirty and ugly? Because that's what the doll represents. Mm. Uh. See, here's the thing, man. So like you just said, Rob, um, the system is built by white people. It benefits white people. It is illogical to expect white people to dismantle it. They're not going to do it. We have to dismantle it for them. And how we go about doing that is political and legal but maybe in time cultural, but uh, the, uh, the run-of-the-mill white people, why would they do that? Now, you're going to have your individuals like the guy that you mentioned that is like, you know, we, I don't see color, I'm not racist or whatever, but even him benefits from the no, whole system. No, he, sees you need color. he sees color. He understood that he was white and I was black. He understood mm-hmm. that perfectly. All but, of them do. Yeah, but he, he, he wasn't acting based off a race of, racist paradigm. So I'm not saying yeah. there's a difference between not seeing color and then recognize it and being like, regardless of, of the disparities, this, this so, little yeah. black boy is going to grow up to be a black man to be successful. Yeah. 
one of the worst things you can do is somebody that say, I don't see color. That is an absolute lie, unless you're blind. But you absolutely, you cannot avoid Stevie Wonder can see color. You say what? Stevie Wonder can see color. He, he measures your wrist. He knows who's black and who's not by their, their fingers, and he can, he can just tell. Just trust me. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is white people are not going to take this. Uh, they're not going to dismantle this system. It is imperative for us to do it. And y'all are saying that there's nothing that we can do. I, don't, I, I actually think it's something we can do, but I, I think we need allies to do that. Um, I think a, a combination between Ross point and your point, John, is really what the happy medium is. You need black people to kind of have an idea of what the agenda needs to be. Um, I think you need white people on the inside, so to speak, proverbial inside, that can help provide a way or the way to articulate that or even present it through legislation to get things to happen. I was looking at some, some things. There's a... I like it. From a, from a stamp, like money, money talks in America. I think you, you need to almost bankrupt the individual who's responsible for acting out of line, killing somebody that shouldn't be killed, whether they're a, um, a civilian or a cop, when there's, when there's race involved, in my opinion. Now, that, that can get real slippery real quick, but I don't really care about that. I think you have to hit people where it hurts the most, and that's finances. Those departments, when those things happen, you need to write bigger checks. Not that the money solves everything, but it's gonna make you think twice. I think you have to, there has to be some, some greater penalty. Like most people, when they talk about even like in the NBA or even sports, they typically, when people do egregious things, it's typically like an over-the-top over reaction from a fine standpoint or a suspension standpoint to prevent others from repeating that same process. There's been nothing, absolutely nothing, in, in any significant way that I've known a police officer to experience for killing somebody that's unarmed. The worst thing I've ever seen or heard was the, the, uh, the minority cop in Minnesota that got 12 years for shooting a white woman. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's typically like a, you know, a couple of years. Uh, sometimes they even get out early. The dude who killed Oscar in, um, in, in California, in Oakland, Oscar they got right. out like in six months, like some crazy, like six months or even like a year. They didn't even do like the full sentence. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really, those things are very frustrating because you, if you get the mm -hmm. conviction, it's like, oh, I got a conviction. But if you do, if you get probation, then what's that? We go back to, again, I 100% agree with you, Kelchick. You was like, we need to have black people have, um, what is the goal? Reparations. How do we go about getting it? We need white people that's on the inside and got the legislation and everything like that. The Green Party. But we're going to leave that. That's a whole nother show. We won't even go into that route. You have um, reparations. You, you're reparations. Right. You, you, reparations is the goal. And you think repar reparations will help fix the issue of racism? 100%. No, 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 no. <laughs> no let me, whoa, 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 whoa. We kind of getting off topic here a little bit, but I'm going to try to you summarize this. Topic. No, this is on topic because you said it. How is reparations... Okay. Going to fix the issue. We talking about how to. I'm not saying it's going to fix the issue. I'm saying the reparations is the one thing that all black people actually agree on, and like I agree with y'all that there is never going to be a fix for racism because racism is human nature. You are always going to be like them other people over there. Them people are different from me. I got a problem with them people. They're different. I got to keep them away from me. That's everybody all over that's the fear. world forever. You're talking about fear. What you can that, overcome. That's fear. human nature. No, you cannot. You can't There's always fear. going to be fear of the other, period. Well, hold, hold on. Let me just let me just touch on this. So 
reparations will unite the people. It will give us a political uh, goal to to uh, aspire to and work towards. Um, it will hopefully uh, empower people to really have the community that we are desperately in need of. And with the political framework that is going to be necessary to do it is going to educate the people. And reparations is not, most people think reparations is a check. Everybody's gonna get a check so they can run out and get some Jordans or some rims or whatever. That's not reparations. That's what white people have told you what reparations is. That's not reparations. Nonetheless, for right now, what we really must unfortunately do, that's where the violence comes in. That's why people are rioting right now. I mean, go ahead, coach. Please define reparations so that we all are operating from the same definition. Uh, excellent question. The My concept of reparations is not actually my concept of reparations. It is something that I was taught many years ago by a man named Omari Obadeli, who put together the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. And before that was in the Republic of New Africa. And before that was in the Black Panthers. And in a nutshell, reparations would be a certain amount of money given to a certain amount of HBCUs would then turn around and be able to give tuition and book free education to whoever uh, gets into that institution. So a Howard, for example, might have a different criteria than a Texas Southern. And all of these HBCUs are also gonna need to uh, form a trade school. So if you don't wanna go to school and measure and major in English, for example, you can go get your HVAC license or whatever. Then the um, the graduates of these programs would have to live or work or volunteer X number of hours or years in a majority black zip code so that uh, they can re-enrich the community. Uh, that's basically what it is in a nutshell. Nobody's How does that impact racism? How does it impact racism? It uh, empowers the community. It enriches the tax base. It uh, helps start new black businesses because if you are getting your HVAC or your technical you license or whatever, you want this by all means, go for it. Just on I've been having this discussion for 25 years. So there's very little that y'all can tell me about this. I, I'm not going to tell you about re uh, reparations. I, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just addressing how it affects racism. I just said it's not going to solve racism. It's going to empower the community. You, the answer, you answered the question, how would it affect racism? with it would empower the community right it would create jobs tax, tax base, base that, are, in, that would increase the students uh the schools uh district go ahead ron you live in montgomery county yes i live in dc right right next to us is prince george's county yes prince george's county for a while if it's not still the most wealthiest black county in the country correct so that means tax base is popping. People got, you cannot have, that's, that's cannot a simplification. have without having it being taxed. But that's a simplification. So if you got a, you got a wealthy community, right? Why are the schools over there still piss poor? Great question. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No, no. Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan. No, this was oh, well yeah, before Larry Hogan. It, let's get into it. This was well before Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan didn't dig. Larry Hogan's been the governor for how many years now? This was his first term. Larry Hogan has been a governor about five years. Maybe, maybe it's his second, but listen, yeah. before that, it was a Democratic governor. And correct. Prince the George's Democrats County, is part of the problem. Prince George's County has been rich a long time, and their school system has been piss poor for a long time. 
I remember talking about how that was a rich county when I was an undergrad, and that was mm -hmm. back in 93. Mm -hmm. So this isn't new. So I don't, I don't see how, how amassing money through education can help alleviate racism because, once again, we are not the ones who are racist towards each other. Look at, look at Tulsa as an example for your... Tulsa. Look at Tulsa. Which was, was almost 100 years ago. Things have changed immensely since then. What? Yes. He said no. Man. It has. No, they haven't, man. Things have changed immensely since then. What's different? Okay, in a nutshell, reparations will can you, can the you, Let me find. Let me, this is totally. If they, off. Change, if they change, if they change so significantly, why do you think Amy Cooper called the police on the dude? Because she felt I, I'm not Amy Cooper. I can only tell you what I think she was thinking. I but think she you, felt. You said Tulsa happened 100 years ago and things right? have changed. Yeah. It started because a girl said a black dude did something to her. Mm -hmm. It could be confirmed via video. Right. But the accusation still created a domino effect. Yeah. Happened to Emmett Till in the 50s, 60s. We got this, you know, thing that happened earlier this week. What's changed, man? What's changed is that there is this thing called social media. There is this thing called um, black people as a culture, as a, as a community, for lack of a better word, are much more empowered than we were in the 1920s and the 1915s, the 19-teens, when Tulsa happened. Um, it would be much easier for us to get to Tulsa for example, if something god awful happened right now in a, a majority black community and massive amounts of white people just ran wild and started killing up a bunch of black people, there would be nothing to keep you and me and anybody else from going there if we so chose. You couldn't do that in the 1920s. You couldn't There's definitely home. something that can keep us you, from going. What is that? The federal government, they say that we're not, you can't get no planes or we're shutting off the highways. They, they can shut everything down. I mean, if they're shutting down the highways, it's a full-on war. See, and to me... Go ahead, Ralph. Lord Jesus. No, I just think I, I'm going. I, I, I'm coming in from a different angle. Um, I want to go back to the you know what would change this? Mm -hmm. How would this stop? Yes, please. Uh, uh, and I think what you, what you all have been saying is still a part is in the vein of that conversation of what would contribute to the ending of racism. Um, we can't. Uh, Nobody's saying that you can end racism. I don't know why that keeps coming back to this. But, but that was the question. Like, what? What? Neil, what this is Neil's fault. To stop this. That was the question. Like, what do we need to do to stop this? Okay. Stop, what's the this? Racism. So we so talking about end the racism. This is the black. No, to me, this is the police being able to kill wantonly, not just black people, but all people. Okay. So how can we get rid of that? That's what I was talking about. So this is once again, I believe. That that's a that's a that's that's a symptom of racism, systematic systematic racism that uh -huh. they need to they they need to address within their communities. That's what I believe. But if we're gonna do anything to change it, I'm 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 gonna have to go back to my old school nation of Islam days, old school nation of Islam days, way back in the days when I was in in the mosque. A part of 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 the Muslim platform is separation is our own separate state. Now, people always say, oh, that makes them separatists. That make them se makes them separatists. But the, the platform is clear. The platform states that we want freedom, justice, and equality in America. And if we can't get it, then give us, our, we, we, gotta, we gotta separate. If you're gonna have us here, 
you can't beat us, you can't imprison us, you can't keep us uh, um, economically poor. Like, it has to be freedom, a full freedom, it has to be justice, and it has to be equality. If we cannot have freedom, justice, equality, then why are we going to be here? We might as well separate. So that's where I'm like, if you want to fix it, you either give us freedom, justice, and equality, and if we can't have that, then we got to go someplace else. Why do they, why do white people, why would they fix it? It's not broke for them. It's working perfectly fine. Why so, would they fix it? So maybe we just need to go. And go where? Who's, whose land are you going to go take? You're not going to go back to Africa and take their land. Because yep. they don't like your ass. Did, 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 did the American government with Israel not take land from Palestinians? So the American like, government... If there's, did, a, if there's a will, if there's mm-hmm. a will for it, can they do it? <laughs> really? Okay, so we've got a couple of different tracks that we're going on here. I'm talking about long-term, I think reparations is the solution. In the short term... And I think this is going to cause a little bit of controversy. Um, We got to have, I think violence is a solution and targeted strategic violence. I'm not saying that people should go out willy nilly, burn down police stations, burn down precinct buildings. I'm not saying that. I am saying that if people who uh, abuse and murder black people, whether you be a police officer, a security guard, random civilian, whatever, if you pay for that, you specifically pay for that with your life, sooner or later, people gonna be like, oh, maybe I wanna get off this man's neck like I'm, like I'm doing, cause I don't wanna die. I'm just merely saying, that's, that's just my perspective. No, but I just gotta throw this out here. This is, that's new. So for those that don't know out there in the internet world, we, we did a show, but we jacked up on the technology. So we, we, we did the show. And that's a new point for John. I need to hear more about this because that, that's a little... It's, it's a continuation of my previous point because what I said was we can't wantonly, like right now what's going on uh, in Minneapolis and Atlanta and various other cities, you've got random mobs of people that are going to be clashing with the police. When you fight the police, pretty soon you're going to be fighting the army. You can't fight that the didn't army, happen. you're going to get That did not happen for the, our militias who were in government buildings with their AR-15. They didn't fight them, no. They didn't fight them. They had guns and they saw off with them, but there was no armed conflict. There was nobody throwing rocks. Uh, KG is talking about, I forgot the man's name now, but um, the armed white man that was in like Oregon no, or no, Idaho no, or some no, craziness. I'm talking about what happened this month. Yeah, this was in Michigan. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I got I mean, a friend of mine who was a Michigan was no state conflict. legislator and, and she had to go, she had to go to the state building with black armed mm-hmm. security guards because and everything was cool she yeah. walked in and she walked out but you have there was no conflict there was that's no not conflict. true john no you said the people in michigan the michigan lawmaker lady had to walk in with the armed black men i didn't there say was that. no conflict nobody threw no rocks at the police there, there was no conflict you're absolutely right there was no conflict with the police and so therefore have your little protest do whatever you got to do and take your ass home that's one thing i'm john. saying you were in minneapolis and you're throwing rocks at the police, pretty soon the police are going to fall back, and now you're going to be throwing rocks at the army. And that, the that's, army not, that's not how this. See that, that narrative. I hate that fucking narrative because it's not. It's not true. That's not how things got started. Okay. People were peacefully protesting in Minneapolis. The police, yes, and then okay. the police got aggressive. People retaliated. So there was conflict, right? Initiated. Were the protesters were the pro? Who who started it? Who did it? All that other madness. Great. I got it. 
but was there conflict? Can In I other words, was people fighting and tussling, throwing can rocks? Play, can I play my video? Go for Please it. Play it. the video, Rock. Hold on a second, y'all. <laughs> Give me a Let's second. <laughs> this is what some people are saying started the whole setup. Just it's Minneapolis, third precinct. That's the police station right there. That's why I'm doing this, you guys. Y'all see that lady with the with the, um, the backpack? I ain't got part of that shit. My man with the pizza. <laughs> You gotta have a you gotta have a very specific tool to shatter glass like that. Most of those glasses are really I'm, shatterproof. I really want the internet to find this man. Those cops will come for you if you're pulling off the crap. I just came with the hammer and you know, the umbrella's for two right now. You wanna you wanna go? Let's go. go. Yes. Let's somebody hold my blunt. Hey! Somebody hold my blunt. Hey, hey, hey. Are you a fucking cop? What's up? Yes. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, ain't much more to see after that. Y'all y'all know what the umbrella's there too, right? Why? To shield any video from getting a, a top shot. It's to really it's to, it's to conceal his identity even even further than what he already had. Fucking police, man. That's strategic, man. Like that's 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 a really that's some highly I mean, knowledgeable. That's a very intelligent thing. Well, first of all, even the tool that he used to shatter the glass. Most, if you have a, 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 a outdoor retail center, the glass that they use is not built to shatter that easily. It's not. It typically takes mm -hmm. a couple of little taps. He, he was one tapping and just moving and walking. That is unheard of. Most severe, most people don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's some, that's some real. That's like with this, this is a cop uh, narrative. What does it I'm not, I'm not saying it's a cop. That? I'm not saying. Necessarily, not necessarily a cop, but definitely an agent provocateur. Definitely oh, somebody. Absolutely. And, and, and what the video shows, and they grab like still shots, is that they're, they're spray painting off to the right that says, you know, free shit uh, for everybody at the zone. Like spray painted. Yeah. yeah. So what, and, then, and then they grab stills, and, and you don't even need the stills. You can just watch the video and see when, when the brother's like, hold my blunt, and then the white boy turns around, and he goes to the guy with the video, the um, camera, and he goes to swat it. You see the spray paint can in his pocket, mm. and you see the glove, the black glove, with white spray paint on the index finger because he was the one who was spray painting free shit over here for everybody. And then he started knocking down the stuff. So that- Maybe in different buildings too. Right, because so that folks could be like, oh, we rioting now? This is what we doing? Yeah. Is that a good or a bad thing? I thought the riot was uh, a net positive. No, no, who said that? Heard, Hell no. What I heard like from somebody now? who lives in Minnesota, who has businesses in areas that have been impacted, the, the commentary was they believed that there were anarchists, provocateurs is where I kind of defined them, in the area to escalate things and, and make it get to this point. Um, they said in their business overnight, so their business has not been, you know, uh, burned to the ground. However, what she stated is she has a two-way radio for some, God, God knows why, but it makes sense for her. 
It does. It Two-way does. radio. It's like that. <laughs> All night long, they were using police phonics. So for those that don't know, um, the military has an alphabet that they use. So Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, et cetera. The police have a, a phonics as well, which is different than the Alpha, Bravo, mm-hmm. Delta, Charlie, et cetera. I did my ABCs wrong, but y'all get it. So obviously these are people who have connections with police vernacular. They heard this overnight over the radio. And what she said was there would be very strategic in terms of somebody going behind the building to place rubbish. Somebody else would, would have something that would um, like, a, like a, a chemical to, to help it kind of grow. And then somebody else that would come around and set the fire to it. Mm-hmm. So and even somebody to knock the windows out i.e. and then paint the building to, to really elicit and create this whole firestorm. Now, right. I don't know about y'all. I've never been to a bonfire. I couldn't, I couldn't, hell, you need a lot of food to even start a grill. Most, mm-hmm. most, most people that look like us. I don't know how we would be, be strategic enough to learn how to burn down multiple buildings. They said it was more than 100 fires at the same time. Right. It's a lot of, coordinate, not coordination, but I don't know. We built like that to know how to do that type of thing. Um, so exactly. wait a minute. Are we for or against the, the violence and the rioting here? Because, I mean, this is why people are paying attention right now. If it was just a little peaceful protest and everybody went home at 6 p.m., we wouldn't be talking right now. That's not why people are paying attention right now. People are paying attention for, I think, the catalyst is everybody can see an officer's knee on the neck of George Floyd for eight minutes, listen to this guy say, I can't breathe. Listen to a call for his mom twice. And this guy got his hand in his pocket with smirk and smug looks on his face. So I think that is the reason people are paying attention. The reaction of or the delay and, you know, they got fired quick, which is unprecedented. They've arrested him now. Now it, it took three, three, two or three days for him to actually get arrested. When mm-hmm. theoretically, and actually the DA came out yesterday said that there's this alternate footage, which kind of implied that it was going to be some some BS again, and it still could be some BS. Right now he just he just under arrest, and they even charged him with, with third degree murder. Like, are you kidding me? Just, I mean, just, um, I've seen some articles saying that a preliminary autopsy was like the man died from uh, underlying health conditions. They don't know what kind of drugs might have been in his system, right? Um, so on and so forth. So but, I would almost guarantee that you know this cop is going to involuntary manslaughter, maybe. Well, here's the thing: one, um, I, I I am glad they are not going for no first degree murder because for first degree murder, you've got to prove intent, you got to prove planning, you got to prove that he beyond a reasonable doubt that he got up that morning with the the planned intent to kill that man. If you can't prove that he planned it, then you missed the mark for first degree. And then the next set of riots will be because he was acquitted because mm-hmm. a dumb prosecutor went for a first degree murder charge. I'm like, go for third. It's still murder. And if you get more information that can prove second or first, fine. But don't be like, don't overshoot. Think that you're going to get someone for first degree murder. There's no way you can prove intent. How many how many times have people been arrested, going to court, and they cop a plea to a lower offense? What's the lower offense of third degree? But but here's the thing. But here's the thing. If you charge him with first degree, I'm not copping shit. I'm taking it to court. I'll see you in court. 
because you're not gonna you're not gonna convict me on first degree. So I, I, okay. I, you're not. You're, he's not copping a plea on a first degree charge. He's not. He's he never copped a plea at all. The other two cops, because there was a cop that was on his feet. There was the dude that was kneeling on him. There was four of them all together. Then there was the one that was just kind of standing around looking crazy. So do they all get charged? Or is it just the one dude? Right now, it's just one. The other ones, we don't know what the deal is yet. We'll see what we don't happens. Know who they are? But but people are demanding. They 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 are they are demanding that they are all charged. They are all complicit. Um, now to to the riot piece, um, my, my my thoughts on the riot is is somewhat complicated. Um, nuance, we like that. We like nuance because pe- people people are quick to yet shout out Martin Luther King Jr. A riot is 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 the the voice of the, the language unheard. of the oppressed. Yes, the voice of the unheard. That's what he said. But right. people say that as if to say that he 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 encouraged rioting. For people who are unheard, no, he was just stating the fact. He was just saying, you know, for people who have been unheard, they will ultimately riot. King was all about nonviolent protests. Period. End of story. There's no getting beyond that. So when I see people rioting, I understand that that's the pain. Like when I saw the press conference earlier, and the sister who who was the civil rights attorney who in Minneapolis who've been there for years, she said the press conference, like she called the role of all the black dudes who've been shot in the back, shot in the head, shot with their arms up, begging not to be shot, and how in return they kept going to the city like, y'all need to do something about this. And she was like, this city's gonna burn if you don't. Now you have George Floyd who was handcuffed on his stomach, couldn't breathe. Subdued and detained. So now, I was a straw that broke the camel's back. So I'm thinking so something's going to happen. So I'm wait, trying wait, to get... One second. Go ahead. But here's my other side to the riot. What's going to happen is we are rioting in our own communities. Um, they have gotten on the television, and I've already said in press conferences, we have burnt down stores that feed the community. So now we have to worry about whether or not the community can be fed. Not we. Stores have been burnt down. And I'll be honest, yeah, I believe wholeheartedly that, that they're agent provocateurs that started setting fires. But I also believe, because I can walk and chew gum at the same time, that there was some ignorant black folk who was like, well, this is what we're doing, so I'm going to do it too. So I believe there needs to be a level of, 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 of um, discipline where if you see people like do with the pizza, you hold my blunt. You, know, you see folks doing that, you, 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 don't, you don't join in, you challenge them. Because you see they're not part of your community. So now we got our community that's been burnt down. And the, like the lady in the wheelchair with the stab, with stabbing folks? Yeah, I saw that too. But the problem is, as black folk, we're in a, we're in a weird uh, power dynamic with the establishment, like a parent and a child. You know what I'm saying? The establishment gives us education. They give us food. They give us jobs. They give us, they give us money. Like, we don't create nothing in our community. So when things burn down in our community, we now have to wait for the establishment to come in and rebuild it. That's why when we all got here, D.C. was still burnt down from the King riots when we first got to D.C. D.C. Mm -hmm. didn't start to flip up until about 10 years ago because the establishment invested money in it. So my thing is, if we're going to riot, have some forethought. Because what's going to happen is once the riot is done and the fires have burnt and there are no more stores... And we don't have the money to rebuild stuff. Now we got to beg them to rebuild the community that's been burnt down. So if we're going to do it, maybe we also need to put plans in a place to invest in our communities on the back end. Because no one's going to do it for us. They won't. 
Bottom line, I agree with that part. And I mean, that's why I feel like we were speaking uh, offline about do the young people that are out there at the protest or whatever the case is need people our age um, to help organize, to help them do whatever it is that they're doing. I say 100%, absolutely, for that particular reason. I'm a fan of the rioting. I think that there's got to be a Mookie to throw the trash can through the window of the pizzeria. Somebody got to be willing to step out there and be the first one to do that. So if it's an agent provocateur or somebody from the community or whatever it might be, agent provocateur to do community. that. What's up? Agent a provocateur is like a plant. He doesn't care whether it's the plant or the person in the community. He's if not saying that. So for example, to me, it's I know so plenty of people who have left um, DC, New York, everywhere else, and gone to Minneapolis. They are from outside of the community. Um, I ain't gonna say a name. I was just about to, I'm not gonna do it. Plenty of people have done that. Are they agent provocateurs? Or are they just there because they really, really are passionate and care no, what's going on? They want to protest. I'm, what I'm saying is- They're protesting by burning shit down. No, no, that's, that, that's happening. But I'm saying the people who are doing that, like what, I've been, what I'm being told is these are plants. You know, it's, it's very similar to, um, you've seen this in politics where you have certain people to go and cite um, like counter protests. Like you, this, there's no different than that. Like this, this is this is the playbook. You know what I mean? It's this you, you, you see, you see this with the Black Panthers. You see plants in, in, inside, inside inside the Black Panthers with Malcolm X, MLK. I mean, they are built for this. But wait a minute. So what is the? Why would it benefit the power structure to have random people, Asian provocateurs, come in to jumpstart a riot? Because. Easy. No, no, because not even just that, because once the riot breaks out, the credibility of the movement has been, it, it, it's flushed down the toilet. Now, media is no longer covering just George Floyd dying. They're also covering the community the breaking. Once again, it's the power dynamic. Yeah. So now they are the parent and we're the kid. And what happens is the kid gets upset with the parent and they break their own stuff in a tantrum. We are breaking our own toys in a tantrum. And what's happening is now folks are covering the tantrum. They're not covering what the issue is. You see what I'm saying? So, so there's the benefit. It's, it's, it's misdirection. That's what it is. That's where there's a benefit. So I would rather don't break the stuff. You can still protest. You can still be heard. You can still, like they, were in the, they were in the act of drawing attention to George Floyd and clearly, some white man comes along and starts banging out windows. That wasn't needed. They were getting attention yeah. before that. You go, what, what, the, everybody around there was looking at you like, what are you doing? Like, nobody ran inside the auto zone to, to kick that off when they saw him doing that. They challenged him immediately when they saw what this dude was doing. So that, for me, right, if the community was really about that business, looting, that would have happened immediately when they saw there was an opportunity to do so. And that didn't occur. Now, the other thing that, you didn't, that we haven't talked about also is a CNN reporter that got arrested live on TV. Like, that's big too. Um, him? It's, it's a power struggle. It's a power flex. That's why I'm saying I think that the riots is a way for people who do not have that power to exert some power, to say, y'all need to pay attention to us. If you don't care about us, we're going to burn down your building. 
but no, no, but it's not just their buildings. They're burning down also our that buildings. That ain't our target. That wasn't auto zone. Collateral, collateral damage, man. Collateral oh, damage. Hold on a second. Hold, yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold. Hold on. Play him. We hold him. Hold on. This stuff right here. They're going to play. These aren't just white establishments. Yeah, you got white establishments. Mm-hmm. But you got black establishments that got caught up in this foolishness too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just destruction. Now you got black owned, and you got a board up, and now you you lose business. Suddenly, it's a black owned business. That was a black owned business, actually. The people who have black owned businesses like waited inside and and put up signs, and some of them even allowed people to to stay in their businesses to observe what was going on. Ain't no different than what happened in D.C. When, after the King riots, it's no different. They wrote black. They wrote their um, soul brother or soul or black business. Mm. Um, and, and at some point in time, you know, Ben's Chili Bowl on U Street opened up. He fed people who were out there in the streets. Like it's no different. But at the same time, when you look at it, we still had entire blocks burnt down where right. folks could have been living, and now they were no longer living because. It was burned down, and no one rebuilt it. No one rebuilt it. I feel like the the me, whole me, thing is the rioting makes sense in that people are upset because the police are the symbol of law. If the police are not adhering to the law, then the law has very little meaning. And if therefore the law has no meaning, then why do we give a damn about this building, your goods, burning everything down and taking whatever we want? Because the law has no meaning. All right. So that is what rioting does it brings attention to this particular issue and makes people say wow we don't want to do this or whatever you're right yes there's going to be collateral damage and that's why you have insurance so if your gas station gets burnt down it's very unfortunate it's very sad however there's things in place for you to kind of be made whole again or it should be if you're not running your business correctly and eh. But at the same time, this is what needs to happen because we've protested, we've marched, we've sang the songs, we've had the sit-ins, we've done all of this and, over and, we, and over and over. And we have also rioted over and over and over. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have definitely rioted many times, but not nearly as much as, yeah. and I, I agree that we've rioted, and that's why I think we've got to take it a little bit step further. And if you start seeing police hanging from trees, let me go back a while. I'm not, I'm not calling for that. Um, let's, let's go back a couple of things, though. You, you've asked a question around the age of the people who should initiate these things. I'm a fan of the youth being the movement. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm let me finish. Let me finish. I don't think they need us, people our age, or any older, participating if, if, if they don't want us to. I saw Al Sharpton said he's on his way to Minneapolis. I don't yeah. give a goddamn that Al Sharpton's going to Minneapolis. I don't. I don't really care for Al Sharpton. I think he is a he's a distraction. Um, people like him, and I hate to say this, but Jesse Jackson too. I don't think they do anything worthwhile at this stage of the game. They not. They not about that life. They not about the. They they're not about to put in that action that needs to be. In my opinion, needs to be done. Let the people who got the most energy who feel the pain just as much as I do, do what they need to do, what they feel they want to do. 
no different than it's like looking at Michael Jordan and comparing him to him and LeBron. They are two totally different people. LeBron is way more socially conscious and active than Michael Jordan, who was a pinnacle athlete for us in my day and age, at least, ever will or could be. He's more vocal. He's more action-oriented. These people, they're different, man. And we will get in the way, in my opinion. We can support them. They, and they, they let absolutely it ride. need us. They need organization. They need money. They need somebody to kick up the bail money. They need um, help. Now, they absolutely, I'm talking about young people, um, should be on the front lines. You know what I'm saying? You do need their energy. But you absolutely need the older people's experience and organization to say uh, a Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton or whoever is not about that life is just, you know, that's just, I, they absolutely about that life. And you might not like them personally. They've been compromised. I think they're compromised. And I mean, Al Sharpton is definitely a uh, his his is a rat in some ways. But. I think I think they do need to hear from the elders, but the elders from that community. I don't think they need any imported elders into that community. That's fair. But, but I I absolutely believe like it's an old old saying I used to rock way back in the days when 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 the when the the strength of the youth is united with the wisdom of the elders, you can move mountains. Like they need the elders. Who, who came up in that community, who understand that community, who know that community, who have the institutional knowledge and memory and history to advise them and guide them. So it's just not their, their strength and their muscles pushing them forward. Like, once again, I'm going back to how do we think about rebuilding our community post-riot? Mm -hmm. You're going to riot, youth. Okay, great. What do we do afterwards? And if there's no plan for afterwards then you may very well be putting us in a position where we can't recuperate for another 20 years. And then is that worth it? So I would say we plan. Get Go go on. Get brolic. Do what you got to do. But when it's done, we got to have plans so we can educate babies who may no longer have libraries. We got we to gotta get food to folks who can no longer eat. We got to think about how we could pull our resources because now the property value may be going way down. So that means we might be able to buy up some stuff and flip this. Like, there's got to be strategizing and you, I can't hold you accountable for what you don't know. And when you're up of a certain age, there's some, some stuff you just don't know. They're not so going to trust old, uh, some old people, nor should they. Know maybe. something in that community who can then say, all right, now let's put a plan together. This is your show. And I'm just the, I'm the consigliere. You know what I'm saying? Like the Godfather. I'm, I'm just counseling you, but you go ahead. Padrino. Padrino. That's it. I mean, um, it, it, it's very complex, definitely. I don't know if y'all been paying man. any kind of attention. Why the, why the hell is Neil so quiet? Dude, what are you doing? I don't know. It's like I'm in a different headspace right now with all of this, man, because we tired. We're all tired of everything and tired of everything that's going on. But, you know, on one hand, I agree with Rob with all your question, John, when you said, what can we do? I don't really think there is shit that we can do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe for the long haul, maybe for our great, great, great grandchildren's era. But I'm mm -hmm. talking about in the immediate because, like Keltrick said, for people out there in the world, we we had a show before, but it got sketched up. But it's like John had said a statement where it's just like, in the meantime and between time, I need some shit to make this shit not happen again, fucking tomorrow or next week. And if we're being all grown, there's chances are. We might hear some shit like this. Tomorrow. It could exactly. be happening right now. Right now. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just like, okay, 
God bless you, George Floyd, and everybody else. We love y'all. God bless y'all and all the past lives before. By the end of 2020, we might, God forbid, have another 10. So it's like, I don't want to see no more hashtags. I don't want to see no more rallies. I don't want to see no more we shall overcome shit. I'm kind of on the John side, but at the same token, I agree Take with Ra. I agree with Ra in the sense of, well, in my mindset, if we're going to riot and we just being candid, fuck that. Burn down the fucking courthouse. Burn Which down the fucking police station. Shit like they that. Don't, don't burn down the, the fucking pharmacy where Big Mama got to go to get her prescription. So now she got to go halfway across town. Now she's screwed and fucked over. What we burning down a sneaker store for? But like Kelchick also said before, is that necessarily us? Or is that a plan? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, in my mind, I could be wrong. Popular opinion, whatever. I don't think we would knock down a fucking auto zone or some shit like that. Because it makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the news media will see somebody knock down an auto zone that may look like us. But shit, did we really set it off? And then once the news media gets a hold of that, like, what was the joint back in the days? I don't know if you remember. The, the Katrina joint. And they showed a black couple. They were actually trying to get food, but they called it looting. But the white mm-hmm. couple was doing it. That's, and they called it, I don't know what the title was, but it was right. trying to survive Scavenging type shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so what's the fucking difference? If I got a whole rack of food, I'm trying to survive based on- Well, it's just like, I'm with you, man. Trump did the same thing. You know, the tweets where he was talking about, you know, open America, you know, with the armed militias that was in state state buildings. He was supportive of that. Um, he called them great people, a great great mm-hmm. patriot, something like that. And he called, you know, the people who are allegedly looting and whatnot, he called them thugs. Is what he called them. When the looting starts, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. That's from, a, you know, that's from like a, a sheriff a racist sheriff from Miami, right? Yeah. From yeah, yeah. Civil rights, and and, and yeah. he was knocking people over the head. But 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 Cage, this is the thing that that gets me though. Um, that the the militias were were were. It's a game, right? And they and they there's rules that they created, and they did not break their rules. The rules allow you to show up, fully armed to the teeth. And yell and scream all you want. The rules don't allow for us to throw stuff. So it's a matter of rules. Remember back in the days, you sit up in your room and you create your own little character on on whatever NBA game. You know what I'm saying? Now there are rules that govern that character. So now he got a hundred and everything. His jump shot, his dribble, his defense, his whatever, right? He got a hundred. laughing because that's the shit he used to do when he created his real. Right. So now we come, over, we come over and play you in your spot with your character with his rules. And he fucking our asses and we can't understand why. And right. that's what's going on with this. That's why he could say they're great people because they playing by the they're the rules that they set. Now, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Or something. More we we, we we quote unquote riot. Now we're outside of those rules and he gets to condemn us. So I understand. I'm not mad at him because that's just the way it's set up. But let's ask. I like what Kelsey has started off with. Let's break down the segue. Why do you think that reporter actually got fucking disrespected like that? Because he was asking him, what did I do? He was telling him, yo, I'm a CNN, whatever. He had his homeboys next to him saying, yo, we CNN reporters. You know why he got arrested? Because they, they they said it themselves. There was a white reporter in, in the like near him doing the exact same thing. 
They spoke to him. He moved. That was it. Listen, man, people in the police department, in my opinion, have a, a superiority complex. And when you are a person of color and you question anything that they do, they have the one recourse that we all don't want to happen is to take away your freedom. I'm going to put you in these handcuffs and that's going to, that's going to diminish your, hopefully they think that's going to diminish your manhood and say, you know what, sir, master, whatever you want to call them, you know, I'm sorry, what I need to do to appease you so I can release and get back to my way of life. It's a, it's a, it's a diminish that man's authority. And that's how the show that they really don't give a fuck about us. Cause you're going to do this live while I am recording. You know I'm a reporter. I don't pose no threat to you. I'm recording, and you still like, all right, I'm going to show you that you ain't shit. I'm going to lock you up. It was um, following orders, as all good organizational little soldiers do. Somebody told him, arrest that man. And he was just like, okay, I guess so. That's yeah. it. Wrapped his ass up. And that's what he, That's what the report, that's what Oscar Hernandez said. He was like, he's, the guy said, you know, Sorry, I'm just following orders, which makes it really interesting to me that you had orders to arrest him, but the white reporter, there were no orders to arrest that white reporter. And what I thought was 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 equally interesting that when the um, governor did his press conference, he took full responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. But but in the same breath, talked about how it was reprehensible and it shouldn't have happened. How you taking responsibility for something that is reprehensible shouldn't happen? What that tells me is you didn't order it. Like the guy who arrested him, his superior said, arrest him. And as a governor, since you are the governor and ultimately state police rest at your feet, you're right. taking responsibility for it, yeah. which means you're covering for someone else. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm torn. I'm like, would, would I rather him as a leader point that person out? Or would I rather him as a leader, instead of passing the buck, say, ultimately it rests at my feet. This is my fault. I think he needs to address it further. You know what I mean? Like again, we haven't we kind of talked about this earlier, but this money money matters in all of these situations. The, the University of Minnesota, the president of the university, came out and stated in a letter that they will no longer leverage the police, the local police department for any of their events. That's significant. You know, think about the overtime that those cops used to make there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the notoriety they may get from from supporting some of their events. And they're probably state police at this point now, but you know, we need corporate citizens to step up in these situations too. I'm mm -hmm. at a point to go on many of the celebrities and the, the people that I follow or support to see if they made a comment about George Floyd. The Rock did, which I was I was quite impressed with. Um, Venus Williams came up on my page for some reason. I looked at her, crickets, mm. Lil Wayne. Uh, made a comment, but it wasn't anything. It was kind of like, you know, the police got a perspective too. I thought it was trash. Little baby crickets, the baby crickets, future crickets. Um, so I think we really need to be mindful. Taylor Swift came out, like aggressive. You know what I mean? Kanye West, crickets. You know what I mean? So I, I think we got to be really, you got to see things for what it is and we look, give people an opportunity to show you who they are. Them people be about money. And if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Chelsea Hiller came out and said some stuff. Um, you know, so I just, I think we need to think about who are supposedly on our team. We definitely got some supporters out there that, that, that have a perspective that can help us, um, help the, the culture. And you got some culture vultures. 
quite frankly. You and as Rihanna said, you know, you need to look at your people who look like who don't look like you and be like, pull up. Like right, this is the time when we need to see people that don't look like me or us mm-hmm. say something. hmm And what y'all think when y'all hear people try to give our president um, how can I phrase it? People are trying to say Donald Trump created this whole era of madness. I'm like, nah, this shit been going on for years. If anything, he'll just allow the floodgates to be open. But shit like this hasn't happened just because of Trump. I think maybe, if anything, he's given them a little bit more confidence to be like, well, fuck you, nigger. Now I can really say what I'm going to say. But when people try to say Trump's error caused all this, I'm like, John and I used to discuss this years ago. Would you rather have the racist that you know about or the racist that's friendly behind your back? America's been like this forever. So I don't give accolades or feeding the people when they say, oh, Trump caused all this. This shit been going on forever. I mean, really the the thing about this is that all of this stuff is now being caught on videotape and everybody can see it. You know, uh, Rodney King blew up and, and caused a riot because they had a videotape of right him one. getting his ass whooped. But people was getting beat down way before Rodney King and way after Rodney King. And now it's like everybody's got a camera everywhere. So police are like, yeah, I know that we gonna probably get on tape somewhere, but we got to do this anyway. And I think that's definitely fueling a, a lot of the stuff that we see. And you know what? I think, I don't know whether it was John or Keltrick, and y'all could forgive me, so I don't want to misquote y'all, and hopefully you can expound on it. I was looking at something, but then I got distracted with my daughters. Why was everybody giving George Floyd's wife so much criticism? I think it was somebody. I'm so damn tired of the internet, boy. I felt bad about that. And I'm She's like, a white woman, first of all. Was it a wife or just a partner? Partner, wife, wife, uh, whatever. She said that he would want everybody to be nonviolent, and that he wouldn't get down with that. And the thing that I that really pisses me off about the internet sometimes is that you've got people that were not even related to him that are angrier about his death allegedly than this woman that shared his life or whatever. She can feel however she wants to feel, and people was just like, "Yeah, that's why you know you can't be with no white chick and this, that, and the third." It's like. Get off that nonsense. So what, I'm going to tell you what, what I, I, I sent that out to y'all. And the question that I had, written, like literally was, do you think that because his, his significant other is white, does that diminish your anger in any way? Not, it doesn't diminish my anger, but absolutely. I know of plenty of people who's like, you got a white woman, I don't care no more. I've read plenty of people that's just like, I'm not going to, um, to, not just him, but like if you was a black man that got killed and you said something negative about black women, for example, anytime on your little social media, there's plenty of black women that's like, nope, I'm, I'm not marching for you. I mean, it is what it is. I will say that it seems like Breonna Taylor just can't seem to get the same kind of traction for whatever reason. A lot of people are like, why do black women get shot too? Why is it that we always have the mass protests for the black dudes, we can't seem to do it for the Sandra Blands and the Breonna Taylors and the, you know, this one and that one or whatever. We can go on about this forever. I mean, it, I think they had, I don't know if I agree with the, the portion around black women not getting the support around events. I think historically speaking, it's really where the majority of the concerns get around for black men because I'm not, I'm not trying to say these things are equal. Black women historically raped and violated by white men 
black men, men in general. But I'm using, I'm gonna go with the white man just to make the make my comment. Black men have been demoralized mentally. Black women are the most resilient people I've ever met in my life. Like they are resilient. You're castrated. It's you've been you've been physically and mentally broken as a as a race. I think we all have PTSD, quite frankly. Which is why when these events happen, it's it's like a national mourning that all of us, if we're in the in the diaspora, kind of go through. So I think I think the from history, you know, black men, they were used to as like bulls, you know, like if you was a big black dude, it was like, you need to go breed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you've been seen as an animal. You know, they made King Kong because of Jack, um, the boxer. Um, Jack Dempsey? The first, Jack, Jack yeah. Johnson. Oh, Jack, Jack Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, so you know what I mean? Like, that's some diabolical shit, man. America is founded and based on specifically anti-black racism. Yeah, but I, they love the culture. Yeah, but I, I do also believe that 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 there is um, a, a disproportionate amount of energy placed on black males who have been murdered by cops um, or murdered by white people unjustly than there is for black women. I, I mean, that's just a matter of fact. Um, there, there have been a number of black women who have been shot down, and, and for the most part, as men really the only ones we can name is Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor because Breonna just recently happened. But there were mm -hmm. so many more. Mm -hmm. And but we can we can go we can rattle off the list of names of dudes. It, it just yeah, is, and, I, and I'm even ashamed of myself that I don't know the names of the sisters, but they are. I mean it's just out there. Plenty. They just haven't gotten that same publicity. And that's their, that's the, the internet's point that it seems like for the black men, you know, there's a little bit more energy, like you said, but if a black child is murdered, you know, black woman is murdered, they don't seem to get that same heat or whatever. But I mean, this it's been it's, it's very interesting. We can go on. The numbers few far in between if you look at male, female, black male, female. I mean, it's it's almost like an apples to oranges comparison. They killed Tamir, right? Tamir was a little boy. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know any little black girls that have been killed by the police. Uh, hold on, Ayanna Jones. I can't let you go no further than that. When she was shot and killed in the house, the police knocked down the door. It was going for somebody else killed her. She was like nine years old. I want to say that was in California, Detroit. It happened a long time ago. Ayanna okay. Jones. I'll and, never forget that. Was it purposeful? Plenty. It, but and I'm not saying that the, the numbers are equal and even. I'm saying that there have been enough of them, and we I, only we only knew about we could only rattle off one name up until a couple weeks ago. Now you just name out one, Ayanna Jones. I mean, I, I'm a, a, so two, a relatively two between the four of us until a couple weeks ago. Now we can rattle off three. Like there have been enough of them, and we don't know the names. So I'm not saying it's apples to apples in terms of numbers. I'm just saying that we don't. They have been profile, like really profile within their communities, but they never got nationwide attention. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, gentlemen, we could go on and on and on about this. Right now there's protests going on in Minneapolis, Atlanta, downtown DC. I saw something in Houston. New York. something in New York. You know, this is definitely gonna, not the last time we're gonna talk about this. Are you gonna support the, the money thing where they don't, you don't spend money, I think it's June Blackout, or something? 2020. Yeah, you supporting that? that? 
I saw something about that. When is that? Uh, Sometime in like June seven. I'll, I'll send yeah. you the link. It's uh, there's a Facebook group, of course. But um, yeah, you know, I'm with that. I'm if there's a protest and I can go and I can participate, I'm there. So that's that's just me though. But all right, so I guess to wrap all this up, do y'all have like a little final word or anything? Well, I thought Neil, Neil, you gonna close this out like you did before, man? You gonna ask me questions or something? But I, I don't have a final. I mean, I, I, again, I'm still. I think having a conversation helps me. Like I like mm -hmm. to ex express myself, um, take in different points of view. Even we didn't even talk about how you know somebody told me Trump was winning. You know, like I was like, man, you're crazy. But the, their perspective made sense to me. Um, there's so much to kind of to kind of unpackage that I'm just I'm grateful for the outlet to talk to y'all, man. Um, hopefully, whoever's listening to this, the one or two people, or 15, 20, or 100, whatever it is, you know, y'all get something from it too and create a conversation, man. I think the conversation is critical and do it with other people. One thing I didn't mm -hmm. say, I actually spoke to my well, my supervisor, a uh, white female, about this because she asked me how I was doing. And I said, not good. And, you know, she asked some follow-up questions and I, I didn't hold back. I just, I went, I went all the way in. And um, she listened. I felt like she was very um, sincere in her empathy. Um, she even asked some clarifying questions and it was just, it was just a unique, I've, I've never really done that, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think, you know, we, we often have to experience this and go into the world and act like nothing happened when you mm -hmm. go to work. And that's, that's just fucking ridiculous because, you know, we're, we're whole human, we're whole people. And so I, I made it a point to, to really just kind of share what was going on. And, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a big help for me, quite honestly. Mm. You know what? I want to do something because if I may take a leap, please forgive me because Ra had me actually thinking about it. It's sad to think that we don't have the names of a lot of sisters that have been killed. And I was looking up at it right now. I mean, I'm seeing a, a rack of them right now. It's on hashtag say her name, black women and girls killed by police. So, you know what I mean? I just, people can research for themselves. Name some, name some, no, no, name some. That, that, that's why I was asking. I was, I'm, I'm trying to come out here. So please keep in your mind, Atina Jefferson, I'll just read briefly. Tragic death of Atina Jefferson demands, again, fully transparent investigation. She got killed in uh, by Dallas-Fort Worth police officer, shot and killed her. Um, shout to Pamela Turner. Um, keeping your mind, Corin Grades, Corin Gaines, K-O-R-R-Y-N Gaines. Um, I'll just do three more. Yvette, Yvette Smith, um, Miriam Carey and Shelly Frey. The list goes on and on and on. And these names Friends are all of them, man. These names, I don't even know. I've never heard any of these names, but the list goes on and on. So, man, shout mm -hmm. out to y'all and y'all families, for real, for real. I mean, that's what the, the perspective of a whole lot of people on the internet is, is that, you know, when black men get killed, it's white women on, I mean, it's black women on the front lines. When black women get killed, it's kind of like crickets. So that pisses a whole lot of people off online. I'm just it's kind of like rapes too. Like when you see like white women get raped, or they even the the um I think we saw this with the teachers, the teachers who do they've been molesting the little kids. The white women typically get off because they come in the, they come into court looking very. Uh, Casey Anthony did the same thing. She came into court looking kind of holier than now and then. You know, with black women, it's not given the same. They're not mm -hmm. 
I guess afforded allowed the same given the same allowances to to be like a proceed as a woman. You know, they kind of reparations. You said what? That's why we need reparations. Bring us all together. Okay. That has nothing to do with your version of reparations. Has nothing to do with it. It's got yeah, that, that has nothing to do with it. John. Everything to do. You know what? We gonna end out on a positive. No, no, but y'all, y'all didn't say nothing. Y'all got what's y'all last word? I said my last word it was a lot of words, but what y'all, what y'all got? And I said my. Well, last you go word. to your thing, Neil. Oh no! I, I mean, I was. I want to shout out the young sisters that have passed away that we know nothing about. But my fat, my final words is, man, I love y'all. Be safe out here. It's crazy. You know, everybody has their different points of view and how to handle the police and situations and all that. But we brothers, man. We got to keep in contact. I look forward to seeing y'all every week. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk again. But hopefully the next time, it'll be a little bit more better spirits. If not, we're going to keep paying attention to the uh, what the streets is talking about and how we can better ourselves as a culture. But yeah, that's what I got to say. John? I mean, I've said it before. And to me, this is, I'm, my, my spirits are great. You know, I understand that y'all are, you know, we all go through things differently or whatever the case is. I am fairly plugged into you know, these types of things. So uh, some of those names that Neil just mentioned, I've heard of before. If there's a protest, I'm going to the protest, so on and so forth. But I mean, my last word is, it's not gonna stop until we make it stop. It's not going to, and the way that we make it stop is by targeted uh, strategic violence on those who inflict violence on us. And I think that the people that have to do that violence are the those that are impacted. So. If God forbid one of y'all was ever to be victimized by the police or some kind of security force or something like that, I feel like it is incumbent on me specifically to do something about that. Um, Trayvon Martin's father wrote books and uh, monetized his son's death. I can't stand in that man's shoes and I can't judge him. But had he taken uh, Zimmerman's ass out, I don't think no jury would have ever convicted him. That's just my perspective. He would have got convicted. He, he would have got convicted. Um, I don't think anybody would have blamed him, though. I'll say that. No one would have blamed him, but he, he would. once again, it's about the game and the rules. He would have broken the rules. He would have got convicted. No one would have turned a blind eye to it because he lost. Although Dick Cheney did shoot a person in the face. I'm not, and turn the I'm not saying go up to the man and shoot him in broad daylight at Giant. I'm saying be intelligent, but this is what happens. If the people who kill us are in turn killed, then sooner or later, the mentality of people is going to be like, well, damn, there's a reason that people are very, very afraid of Palestinians, because they will blow your ass up. They will blow themselves up to blow you up. You know, that's unfortunately what we got to get to. I'm not saying to kill anybody. I'm not saying I want to die. I don't want to kill nobody else. I'm saying that this is the kind of energy that we're going to have to start formulating as men. Just is what it is. All right, I hear you. We need we need to become jihadist slash uh, uh, intifada uh, kamikaze uh, s. Mm. That's what you're saying. We gotta be willing willing to risk it's our an life. uprising. I'm saying intifada is an uprising. Absolutely, there has to be some kind of repercussions for violating the community. If you are out here killing women, for example, Ayanna Jones, um, you have to pay for that with your life and. Once that becomes the energy, then we don't know what's exactly going to happen. But it's going to be something that's going to cause us to look at ourselves differently and cause people that are outside of us to look at us differently. So in other words, John, you want street justice? No, I don't want street justice. So my closeout is simple. Um, I want y'all to know that I love y'all. 
I love your families. I want y'all to be gentle with each other. I want you to be gentle with yourselves. Um, in light of everything that's come out of this this particular episode from, from John talking about killing folk and Cage talking about hitting where it hurts, I want the law enforcement to know who's going to be following us from now on. Law enforcement and feds, I love y'all too because I know y'all be listening to us from now on because John's talking about killing people. But listen, just hold it down. Um, I want to see y'all next week. And uh, shout out to Dillard University, New Orleans. Shout out On to the baby. Do I do mine? Shout out to the Green Party, baby. Because <laughs> reparations is really the cause. On that note, Joe Biden, had had a, fun. Joe Biden had a hell of a press conference, by the way. A, a, a little Joe presentation. Mm, yeah. Who's taking us with the reduce, reuse, recycle? Mm. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't put that out there no more. But I got you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> 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 and on that note, we're going to say peace out. God bless and good night.